0: To the Pastels Podcast, I of course, as always, am Dave Pastel,
1: and I think that I am Johnny Pastel. At least last be time I checked. sure? I'm
0: sure. Uh, it's what the tag in your underwear says, and it's <laughs> never
1: lied to me before. Exactly. My, yeah, it's what my mom wrote in there. So, uh, welcome to welcome to the end uh, of season one, mm-hmm. uh, season finale, season finale. We promise no
0: cliffhangers unless one yeah. of us dies.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And then in the event of my death, one of my children will take over. Be I another, have no progeny, so. We'll be another. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, it'll just be my children because <laughs> David's alone. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah. So I wanted to start off with, uh, well, I guess, how, how are you doing? I'm very tired. It's been a long week. I mean, it is. How are you? <laughs> it it's is also early. Eight in so, the morning. Yeah. So, you know. It's eight in the morning on a Saturday when you know I could be awake in an hour drinking coffee at home. you know I could be but hey we're doing this we do all this all for you twelve of our listeners yeah I think it's higher
0: than that. no actually you know what you oversold it it's only eleven
1: it's only okay <laughs> <laughs> all right um, so uh, anyway okay so let's let's get started um, and I think that. The development of this film
0: just because we haven't mentioned it yet and it feels out of uh, uh, you know out of character we are reviewing stand by me that is the oh uh, yes the finale yes, episode we, uh... uh i keep chipping away at the number and i've gotten down to without a doubt this movie is definitely in my top 25 movies of all time mm. it's it's fantastic
1: it's yeah it's probably i mean it's definitely in the top 50 it's probably in the top 25 Realistically, yes. So we're talking about, yeah, sorry. We're talking about Stand By Me. Um, obviously, an adaptation of The Body. I mean, maybe not obviously if, you, if you're if not the hugest Demon King fan, I guess. Um, anyway, uh, adaptation of The Body. Um, and uh, it's about the story of four friends. Is it four? It is four. four. I'm like, I'm done four, with, four is the accurate myself. number. Four friends who go. Down the train tracks to see a dead body because they think that's going to be cool um, would be cool so but okay <laughs> but the story behind it is less cool but um but it's so, okay this ties in with the development so um okay, so the body was inspired by okay so I'm going to talk about the body for a second, which is the inspiration for stand by me um, the body was. Uh, he Okay, so he went to college in the late 60s, and it was like 68 or 69, he was, uh, hanging, out, well, he was hanging out with his roommate, and they were drunk, of course, and um, the roommate was telling him a story when, about when he was a kid, and they wanted to go see, it was the same basic setup, except for it was a dog. Which to me changes the whole vibe of it because they said, Oh, yeah, it's this dog and it's all rotted and uh, got like maggots in it. And, sh-. and so I'm just like, I'm, And so uh, did, did something bad happen there? It's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, any, anyway, so it, to me, that makes it totally different. Like, you could kind of see, like, ooh, there's a dead body. What's, there's like this weird attraction, you know, like, Craning your neck at the car wreck, you know, but like this, like, rotted out dead dog. Like, what the fuck do you want? And they said, Oh, it's two miles down the railroad tracks, right? It was 16 miles down the road. You walk know 16 miles is see a dead fucking dog. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, I mean, human where, we growed, uh, where, where we grow up, grew up. <laughs> where we grow up, where we grow up, a lot more country
0: than where I we grew grow, up.
1: I didn't grow up there, but I guess, yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> I guess that's fucking true. Uh, but man, like my parents house, I don't have to walk 16 miles to go see a dead dog. I walk up to the gutter
1: out front, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You there's something like, dead in there all the time. I feel like there's a more local dead dog, probably. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, so it's very, very much the same basic story, but totally different vibe because it's a dog. But anyway, when I guess Stephen King thought the same thing because he decided to make it a human... Um, it's a very strange Keanu Reeves and Crispin
0: Glover movie from the very early 90s called River's Edge. But is also a very similar story as one of a friend group finds a dead body, but it's incredibly different because it's a female's body and he rapes it.
1: Yeah, that's no good. That changes the story. That, that doesn't Otherwise, have... it's
0: very similar.
1: <laughs> then it doesn't have as much of that you know, good feeling that Stand yeah. Me has, yeah. except for at the end. Um, so, uh <laughs> Yeah. Not not great, but um, okay. So anyway, um, so, so that was the, the basic story, and then but then he puts a lot of his childhood experiences uh, in, in in the work. So the, kind of like the conversations they have, or like the subplot sort of stuff, is is a lot of his childhood. So um, okay, so we start off with okay. It says Reynold. I don't know if I I Rainold. swear that's what it. Said maybe it's Raymond. I don't know, but I'm gonna go with Reynolds <laughs> Gideon. We'll just call him Ray. How about that? That's place it's safe. Yep. So it's Reynolds <laughs> Reynolds Gideon and Bruce Evans. Um, they had written Starman, which was a John Carpenter film, mm-hmm. and they were looking for different properties to adapt. Um, and they were interested in the body, but it was out of their price range for sure. So they brought in a guy named Adrian. Line, maybe Lynn, uh, L-Y-N-E, I don't know. A British director, fresh off of Blash Dance. Oh, damn. Um, That'd be a different movie. And so, right, I mean, let's get some choreography going here. Yeah. And, you know, so, um, but what happened there was it attracted... this, And this is all going to come around. And actually, as soon as I mention this name, you'll probably understand where this is going. This helped attract Norman Lear's Embassy Pictures... To purchase the rights for Gideon and Evans. I'm calling him Gideon, not Reynold. (laughs) Reynold. Reynold. So. It's um, Reynold and Bruce. I'm like, it's, yeah. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, Norman Lears, Embassy Pictures buys the rights. Now, the original guy, Adrian, the British director of Flashdance, he has to drop out because of production delays on nine and a half weeks. which, just these names being thrown out, just, I'm like, or not the names, but the, the movies being thrown out, I'm like, this just feels so weird, and I don't know it, it, how it, that would like, have worked the out. The connective
0: tissue, it just, like, does not compute.
1: It, it does seem kind <laughs> of strange. But then I think about the fact that Rob Ryder had done, he did something right before, you know, he'd done, uh, this is Spinal Tap, though? I'm yeah. you know, Like, I guess I could see if that's the last thing he would done, be like, oh, this is Spinal Tap, guys? Gonna, I don't know. Maybe. But... If least at this point in time, it feels kind of strange. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, Adrian has to drop out because of the production delays, like I said. Um, and Norman Lear, and here we go. This is why it's all, it's all in who you know. It's all in who you know. Norman Lear knew Rob Reiner because he's co-starred in All in the Family. Uh-huh. Um, so does he get the direction job without that? No, he does not. So, you know someone who you know. But. Rob Reiner's filmography, period. like Because
0: I had to go back and look at it. I'm like, what has Rob Reiner directed outside of this movie? Uh, and His filmography is fucking yeah. weird. This is Spinal Tap, uh, uh, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, uh, An American President. It's just odd. His filmography is really fucking weird. I'm not going to say he
1: entirely peaked in the 80s, but his 80s stuff... It's so good. That, like God, out of use, that mo- out of the movies that just I things.
0: just listed, Stand by Me is by far the best one.
1: You see, the Princess uh, Bride is pretty good, but no. But uh, I mean, no. Stand by Me is definitely the best. But yeah, Princess Bride is good. Uh, I really like. I, I'm a rom-com fan, so When Harry Met is kind of the, the 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 top of the rom-coms. I've really, never, like I, don't get me wrong. I like the movie because I do love
0: rom coms, but that one's always been kind of a hard sell to me because Billy Crystal is not believable as a romantic
1: lead. He is a goofy looking dude. That's right. You heard it here first, Pastel's rom com fans. That's right. Uh see I like Mason Billy Crystal, but this kind of I like a fact Billy Crystal, city. but
0: he's not believable as a romantic lead.
1: Yeah, I mean it, like he couldn't couldn't nail Meg Ryan, is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying.
0: Meg Ryan fucked Dennis Quaid and Russell Crowe. She wasn't making a pit stop with Billy fucking Crystal. <laughs>
1: Maybe she'll come to Randy Quaid, you never know, you know? <laughs> Maybe she, I don't know. Maybe she slums sometimes. I don't think she does. Uh, you know. Uh, so,
0: and just the combined DNA. And Jack Wade, very nice looking dude.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. uh, well, he's in the boys, right? Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, you get like Mark. Just get it's this weird mix between the two. <laughs> both both good looking people. I'm not saying he's not. It's just. It didn't work out quite like as well, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite as, well as some people. You know, uh, yeah, it's like
0: exactly. sometimes you get a Colin Hanks, other times you get a Chet
1: Hanks. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: sometimes we get fucking Chester, and something <laughs> went wrong there in the brain too. So um, I know, as amazing as Colin Hanks is, you're like, what is this other one? This right? is the other way. Who are, this are is you? The Randy. Quaid. How are you? This is the Randy Quaid of the Hanks. The Randy. Family. The Randy
0: Quaid's <laughs> This is like, the next. What is Ron? howard's brothers yeah clint howard oh yeah that is the most unfortunate looking man to ever exist Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) 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 oh yeah so uh anyway okay so rob reiner um he wasn't a horror fan um wasn't a king fan well i mean he wasn't necessarily like not a fan of king but he was not really aware of King that much. I mean, as much as you could probably not be not be aware, aware of King at this point. Not be aware that... of the most prolific writer of the decade. <laughs> right. I mean, this was his, like, peak, so uh, at least when it comes to output and probably well, I don't know, I'm going to say popularity, but
0: I, 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 w- I would be willing to say popularity, because even though 90, the 90s has, like, a boom in popularity, you there aren't as many books that came out in the '90s that you would say are as impactful as the ones that he put out in the late '70s and throughout the '80s,
1: or at least in the public eye. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, and, and it's true there is a lot of the best stuff in here, you know. But um, but yeah, not really a huge. Uh, but but you know, he identified with the story, which is very much not what you would think of as a Stephen King story. Um, I mean, if you're a fan, yes. But if you're a general fan, you're going to be like, hmm. Um, which is the same thing with shawshank redemption and, and stuff you know he writes a lot of this stuff but it's just you know that's just not how he he was stereotyped early, early and very early very much perceived so. as a horror writer
0: even though at least 25 percent of his stuff is either more real life based or even fantasy based so yeah uh, the guy's got range
1: it's yeah
0: there's some sci-fi there's not even a lot too.
1: of horror that he's written in the last really there's not a lot of outright horror he's written in the last 25 years um lots of great stuff. But uh-huh. there's been rarely you know, there's the Doctor Doctor Sleep, the Shining Sequel. There's been a few things. The Institute um, would probably be more sci fi centric. Yeah, the only um, thing I like, full dark note stars are they're horrific things but they're also more real specifically and, the short story rat and if it bleeds is definitely direct horror yeah no there is but, stuff yeah. in there but by and large if this is what he had started with like if you're if you start from like yeah if you 2002 read 2002 on Shana, or something you, you know yeah, like it's fair. like you're you know which is like the- a good chunk of time. I mean, there's writers who... I mean, the amount of stuff that he's written just in this century alone is, is like... You know, it's more than his son will ever write, probably yeah. by like three. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah. Anyway. Not even
0: just that, but like within the last five years, I feel like he's had a more consistent
1: release schedule mm-hmm. than he has in his entire career. Yeah. it's it's We're getting like two to three books a year. Yeah. Which is... I mean, yeah, at some point, that's kind of how he was. But yeah, he's still... And this is his slowdown period, according to him, so yeah. it's just... He's a freak. Um, and so, uh, in, a, in a good way. Um, so, anyway, Reiner identifies with Gordy more, which is the reason why the script goes more a little bit to his point of view, because while it is very accurate, it's it's not quite as Gordy-centric as it is in the, in the novella. It's a little bit more towards Chris in the novella. So, you know, I think in a very minor way, but... Um, but he he definitely identified with so it's the same thing, you know, like this was a story for Stephen King's roommate. And then Stephen King hears the basic story and then fills in a lot of his stuff as a kid. And then Rob Reiner comes in and does that even a little bit more. So it's like, I don't know, this basic story about kids doing something like this just Kind of seems to basic
0: story you about know, kids doing
1: stuff. About kids doing stuff about kids, kids. I mean, doing things that are you know, it's a very kid thing, I guess. I mean, not something I would have done as a kid, but I, I could see the attraction. Like, oh, a dead body. You know, something I would have done. Yeah, this is definitely kid. probably something you would have done. Yeah. Um, it's something you probably could have talked me into. Yeah, you know, for sure. You if would. You be, were never really a hard sell, <laughs> Jack. You would be. You would definitely be. I mean, I would be down for it. Uh, I wouldn't be Vern in this situation. Yeah. Uh I guess you would be burning this. You'd Shut be, bur- <laughs> and I only mean in the sense you would be bringing I'd be a, a- <laughs> slightly chubby Gordy in this situation. I'm Gordy, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> but the final shooting trip is very close to the story. Um, okay, this is something that I I have noticed on some level, but I didn't think about it so directly. Which is that the the actors who play the characters are very close in general vibe to to the characters they play. You know, like, Will Wheaton is, I mean, he's he's kind of literary. He's written stuff. He's, he's a very sensitive person, like, very, if you know anything about I followed him a little bit for a while on Instagram. And so, um, you know, and then you have uh, uh, River Phoenix, you know, sort of this brooding sort of character. Um, I mean, he had range to play other, but, like, you kind of got that vibe, and especially kind of how it wound up being. Um, we'll get there as we discuss you know, things, but
0: I feel like uh, River Phoenix's Chris shows definitely a more dynamic range of emotions, and I oh, think like does. because of that, his emotions honestly feel
1: a little bit more real in the movie. No, I think but, so too. But yeah. then you have a little more on the nose was just Corey Feldman. Who's is, very, I, I have that as yeah. a note where it's like they managed to cast the crazy person as the crazy person. Yeah, he's yeah. perfectly cast... And so, like, that was part of his idea, though, to, to sell the characters even more. Because I feel like, you, so they could rely on that just because that was a part of their natural personalities and they didn't have to, um, they didn't have to, I mean, they didn't have to push out of the range as much. I mean, River Phoenix was capable of that. But they could kind of just rely on someone being themselves. Um, and so, anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, okay. Excuse me. Like I said, I fe- or maybe I didn't say you may this, I, have. I don't know. This development is actually kind of interesting. The cocaine, the movie, the development-wise is actually not interesting at all. Um, but this one, there's there's a few more, well, there's at least one more Quagmire um, that happens. So two <laughs> days before they start shooting, Embassy Pictures, which is Norman Lear's, sells it to Coca-Cola of all companies. Sells the... His picture company to to Coca Cola two days before the shooting. But Norman Lear I winds Coca Cola doing buying a film. I don't even China. know. And but just wait, who he sells it to? You. <laughs> oh, did, I know. You just did you look? Okay, no, I well, kind of knew too. that before. Okay, well, it's anyway. Well, just wait till the listeners know. Um, so anyway, two days before the shooting, sells to Coca. Norman Lear winds up putting all the money up himself, which again he knows Rob Reiner, or else that definitely would not have happened. Mm-hmm. Um... And then, as Dave apparently knows as well, Embassy Pictures, later sold to Dino. Mm They live in this, let me even have to specify. So No, they know what Dino we're talking about. They know we
0: ain't talking about the Flintstones. It all
1: comes back around to Dino. Um, Not Flintstone. Um, Shot in the summer of 85 for $8 million. Um, So about the same time as, oh yeah, not only about the same time as Maximum Overdrive, it came out a couple of weeks after Maximum Overdrive which i think is just so interesting because Stand by Me is feels very Stephen King the like part of it like the dialogue your voiceover it just feels so much like Stephen King if you've read it and and it, so it feels very personal in a sense but obviously he had nothing to do with the adaptation where then you have Maximum Overdrive which he's <clears throat> intimately involved in he's preparing for months to do and it just it it doesn't really feel like any of his work really at all and so i think it's interesting because you have something that's completely like you know so it's like the author isn't even necessarily the best person sometimes to adapt their own work i feel like like, yes
0: i agree but to an extent it feels like the caricature of his erraticness at that time because like around the same time he uh is a cameo appearance in a george romero movie and <laughs> and the character is the very character. very weird, and and very much so. So in that being the persona that he's kind of playing at the time, to where that's almost an autobiographical role, it feels very King. It feels very the character of how he was being, but it doesn't feel anything like his writing. I agree with that.
1: Yeah, no, uh, for I'm sure. More coffee? Do you want more coffee? I'm going to be doing that, and I'm not quite there yet. Right. Well, hold on. Let me just pound this. Okay. Um, Brief interlude. <laughs> Old music. Yeah.
0: Do 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 do
1: do. Almost came back up. Did don't want We don't Nailed it. All right, keep going. So, all right, a vamp here for a minute. So, come here often. So, anyway, yeah, shooting about the same time as as the Maximum Overdrive. anyway, I just think it's interesting that you know one feels you know the one that he's not involved with at all feels a lot more personal. It feels a lot more Stephen King um and so uh and so anyway let, okay so gordy um adult gordy uh originally played by you know i didn't double check this david dukes not not david duke not david duke which this isn't that kind of show which i was like wait did he do <laughs> did he do some acting um no david dukes who i'm pretty sure and we didn't Google it, but pretty sure he, he played a sort of not like villain in Rose Red, but he's I mean, a villain. He he basically is the villain. Because it's not the photographer guy or the reporter or whatever. No, it's is. the it's um, the dean of the college she works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the dean I'm pretty sure so I'm pretty sure that, that was the original Gordy. Um Reiner feels like he just doesn't sound right, which he definitely would have not sounded right. Um <clears throat> For a minute Michael McKean tries out No, no, no. no. Um which no. uh love Michael McKean, but love I, Michael I don't McKean. I don't think you know, and then he winds up <clears throat> excuse me, obviously with Richard Dreyfus. Um who you know foreshadowing, who was, who was a fairly well known actor <clears throat> but also he was a childhood friend. So um
0: so that was uh I feel like I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I had an ex-girlfriend who had a dog named Dreyfus, and every time I'd go to her house and see the dog, I would compliment the dog on his work in films. <laughs>
1: exactly, starting with Jaws. I mean, fantastic work. Ah, uh, show. So yeah, I mean, that's how we went Richard Dreyfus. Which I mean, I, it's it's one of those things where I mean, these things just sort of fall into place. You know, Richard or er, Richard, <laughs> Richard Reiner. His talentless brother, um, no <laughs> Richard Reiner and Rob Dreyfus. <laughs> no, uh, Rob Reiner, you know he just sort of falls in for you know I mean kind of a, a nepotistic sort of reason, you know, because obviously his dad Carl Reiner, uh, so you know, but obviously the person for the job, you know, and then you get Richard Dreyfus who just also kind of falls in there, and just it would not be as good if it wasn't Richard Dreyfus narrating it for one. I mean the narration is a, is a big part of it. So, anyway, that kind of falls in. Um, Yeah, debuts a couple of weeks after Maximum Overdrive. Columbia Pictures and Reiner were downplaying the King Connection as much as humanly possible. Uh, (laughs) Random side note.
0: Uh, Professor Carl Miller, the name of the character in Rose Red. Uh, And David Dukes actually passed before the movie even came out. That was the best thing he was in.
1: 55 years old. That's young. that, That is young. And, uh... And I think... I feel like they had to change a few things. Not much. Yeah. I feel like they had to change a few things. To, it wouldn't to be surprising.
0: Prize. I mean, it says he passed in 2000, and the miniseries didn't even come out until 2002.
1: So yeah, so... It had to um, have been fairly early in shooting. But, uh, but anyway, yeah. So um, he comes out just after Maximum Overdrive. They were downplaying this as much as possible, I mean, kind of to Stephen King, including that's... I mean, that's the big reason why it changed from the body. Um, and I agree. I think it, I don't think it's a bad decision to change it from the body because it's, you know you just wouldn't. It, it is
0: my favorite, very small little blurb of the production. But uh, Rob Reiner never wanted to call it the body. He was kind of getting pressured into <laughs> it early. Uh, and then when they had, by who uh, I don't really know production like, people, it, and I think Norman Lear also wanted to keep it original. But, uh, and then on set one day when trying to think of different things that they would call it, uh, John Cusack was teaching young River Phoenix. who was trying to learn guitar. Uh, he was trying, he was teaching him how to play stand by me and Rob Reiner was like, that's it. That's the fucking name.
1: Yeah. Which is, uh, which is a great title yeah. and, and also the music of that. Cause I mean, it's even kind of in the score a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. hints of it and, And and again, I feel like that also adds a level to the film. It just makes it a little bit better. So, um, and again, it just sort of wasn't exactly planned. And yeah, I don't mind it changing from the body. It's it's you know, I'm going to say Dino is the big reason why this happens because floods the market with just shit Stephen King adaptations. And yeah, the body does suggest kind of horror, but you know. If, if that wasn 't so omnipresent in in the I'm public also eye
0: that fairly certain and this is something we can fact check but Man. fairly certain that uh the Dino de laurentis era <clears throat> was the time in which All the movies said Stephen King's this, where they were really trying to pay in on the Stephen King weight, and then you never again get
1: that outside Uh, of the made-for-TV movies. Yeah, but it was actually yeah. Yeah. No, I think it it really and it really cements the character of of Stephen King. Um, And so, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it comes out. um, It's a it's a big. It's actually the most successful Stephen King movie up till that point. I don't know. What that is now, but it's, it's um, I would I would be very willing to guess it's it chapter one. Yeah, that's yeah, yep, yep, that's probably definitely it. Um, and um, so if you're thinking The Shining, nope, definitely not. Um, it was not successful when it came out. Um, it also wasn't that successful critically, but we already covered that. Yep. Um, anyway, um, so it becomes a hit, but it opens in 16 theaters. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which very, is very limited weird.
0: release, which was a very popular thing to do throughout like the 90s and everything, like an earlier weekend or something. They'd be like, oh, we're only going to release in these eight theaters. I remember that specifically
1: because the eight theaters are never in the fucking Pacific Northwest. No. I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if, like, are you going to make any last minute changes and you don't want... The whole well, I don't I don't know. The I boom
0: difference too, because I've seen a lot of those where they open in eight and then they or sixteen and then they open in like fifty. But it went from being in sixteen theaters to then being in seven hundred and twenty-five.
1: Yeah. The next And weekend. I feel like I feel like Kara was like that. I feel like Kira debuted in like Kansas or something. I can't remember. I, I mean, feel like it was a very weird thing. It was something affair. like that. And then it, yeah. But anyway, it, it but it spreads and takes over the top spot on Labor Day weekend, nineteen eighty six, and uh, grossed gross more than fifty million dollars. So which was, yeah, by far, they said by far, the most successful adaptation until then. So, um, Coincidentally, Labor Day
0: 1986 was a year and a half before I was born.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> fun fact, fun fact, it was about five months before I was born. Nice, so nice. there you go. Do some math to you, figure out how old we are. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, Stephen King called it the first really completely successful adaptation of my work. And I'm going to still say... It's. It's probably still true. It's still true. Yeah. It's the mo- It just bleeds Stephen King. If you, re- I mean, it's just the way the characters talk, and it's just, it's, it, it, it's the only one that. You know, I mean, you know, maybe like some of the TV ones or something, but it's, you know, of the ones that he's not direct. You know, I don't know. It's. I don't know. If even not, know.
0: I still feel like yeah. it's probably. I don't so, know if you read that article that I sent you that was comparing to Shining of movies. But I do kind of agree with it. While I like the made-for-TV ones because they're more whole, by being more whole, mm-hmm. they kind of suffer from a lack of cinematicness.
1: Well, I yeah. think that's the thing where it's, it's you know, now you would have a more cinematic limited series, but I still think it's just... It, yeah, I mean, it's not a movie, really. There are certain no. things in books
0: that aren't adaptable
1: to movies, or at least shouldn't be. Yeah, I think... Yeah. It, I, I would agree. It's not like a movie, like, just this big, awesome, you know, you know, in a way that The Shining was. And I just thought that it was not only was intended to be that way, I mean, he really, and especially at that period of time, you know, there was the It miniseries, and there was, you know, he was really feeling like <laughs> the miniseries was the way to adapt his stuff yeah. for the most part. So, you know, overall, I, w- I, would, I would probably agree. Um, so, yeah, he predicted it was going to get the best picture, which it definitely should have. But it was nominated I'd have it to see what it was for, running
0: against at the time without agreeing, look but. it up,
1: yeah. Uh, but it got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, which it lost to... God, I can't remember what it was. Um, something that was pretty forgettable. And I thought this was interesting. Um, he did an interview in the 80s. Um, he said, most of the friends, most of the characters were based on were real, you know, but... He did say, you know, there were some that he made up, you know. It's the whole quote about the truth inside the lie, you know. Um, but he does say that all of them are dead. And this was in the 80s, so they weren't... He was like 40-something, probably around the time of that interview. Um, and so it, it kind of felt eerily like, which is probably not a coincidence, I guess, you know, like uh, the... The story winds up being where at least Chris is dead by that point. Yeah, um, and it was violent death You know, it was a house fire and then car crashes for the rest of them. So it was it was not like they died of cancer or something. So I don't know. It's interesting. Um, so anyway, that kind of leads us. Anything else, the development wise? I think you had mentioned something, but is there anything else?
0: No. The main, the my main thing for the development uh, was the stand by me naming thing. Uh, I will have to say that I'm okay with who actually won Best Picture.
1: Okay, what is it? Platoon. I've never seen it's it. It's a Platoon, good movie. Never seen it.
0: That is a well put together I'm war movie.
1: I have to. I'm gonna have to come back to this one. Season two. I'm gonna come back to this one and huh? see. I'm gonna watch it between now and season two. Platoon. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna okay. see. I'm gonna see if you are full of shit. Uh crap. Is Charlie Sheen. Yeah. It could be good. I don't know. Um... John Cusack, I believe, also, as in Putin. Well, okay. It's a busy summit. Definitely gonna... And I, have, and I have a note about John Cusack. So, um, Anyway, I... Okay, so I think we're gonna run into this problem, which... Okay, I did worry that watching this movie that I was gonna have, like, three notes because I just like the movie so much. No, I love the movie so much. Yeah, it's, it's and, fucking good. But I did wind up with quite a bit of notes, but it is mostly like, wow, isn't this great? Um, so... I don't know how interesting that's going to be, but it, it is what it is. It's just a fantastic movie, and it starts off with the music. You know, he's, it's like the, the, not exactly, helicopter shot from the top, and he's in his Jeep, whatever it is, you know, and you just hear the music start to come, you know, like the score with the hints of Stand By Me, and then he says, and then I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. And just the way he delivers the line, you're just like, yes, here we go.
0: My favorite part about the score—it's uh, very well put together. I don't mean to make a joke out of everything, but when it's there, it has to be done. The score was done by a man named Jack Nietzsche.
1: Oh yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not to be confused with the more prolific is he, Nietzsche.
1: Is he sort of a uh, you know a downbeat kind of character? A little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, just that the way he delivers that first line is just like oh fuck yeah! It was just it, it's so good, and the score comes in, and it's just. The whole thing is just sad, you know, and and it also you can feel that. I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know it's gonna end on a kind of a sad note. But it, you could just—it kind of feels sort of tragic already, and you know. So I, I don't know. I mean, that was just. That like watching this movie compared to watching the rest of the movies it's just it's not like oh it's a little bit better it's just like it's world better it's world better and it's such a like whiplash after all the bullshit that we just watched season one
0: has been a ride but at least (laughs) we're ending in the
1: right spot it's just it's yeah so it's almost like it's almost out of place in this season but i think ending it's the right way to go oh yeah but it's also almost out of the season because it's just it's not even remotely in the same league as everything else. So, it, you know it, but yeah, it starts off. Oh, and I, I want to say okay, and I'll leave, <laughs> let you speak for a minute here. But it was it was said that was a long you know he talks about it being a 1959 yeah, a life a, a long time ago in if, terms of
0: years. Yeah, so I wrote I, that down too because that's such a good line.
1: I, I was like, oh, it's such a good line, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about how it's I don't remember what it was it's been 10 years since almost something my kids are getting older and and I was like, oh, you, you have a teenager. I have a teenager, yeah, which is kind of crazy. And, um, and so, um, it which is weird, because people my age are just having kids, like, now. So, it's just, it feels, you kind of feel anxious. But it doesn't
0: feel like it was that long ago that we were teenagers.
1: No, exactly. <laughs> only if you measure, and no, but I was thinking yeah, about Only if you measure in years, ten, then it's been a you know, fucking long time. But, because, but I was thinking about that. I was thinking about 10 years. Oh, no, I was thinking about, it's been half a decade since. Oh, I think it was since I started grad school. That's what it was. And it doesn't seem like that long ago. But I was thinking a decade is like, you know, 3,600 days or something like that, you know. And I was thinking when you start thinking about it in days, I just think about going to sleep and waking up 3,600 times. That sounds like a lot, but it also doesn't. That's a decade. And I'm thinking just half of that, 1,800 ish. I'm not good at math. Um, It's just all of a sudden that does not feel like a very long time. And so that line just really hit with me. about and probably being about the same age roughly of, of he's supposed to be, maybe. Maybe a little bit younger. Um but anyway, yeah. So I just that that one really, really hit. Oh, and then okay, so we kinda get started probably with the French jokes, which I feel like those for some reason age a little better than than the How you know a Frenchman's been in your backyard. <laughs> uh your garbage cans are empty and your dog is pregnant that's right Stanley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> such, such a good Family. line i'm sorry french people i don't think we have any french listeners i, I like mean we people's... don't have
0: any listeners from france but we do have a canadian and they could be french canadian oh
1: ah, that's true yeah yeah um so it's it, yeah, that kind of feels more tolerable even though it probably shouldn't be no probably not but um yeah anyway yeah uh yeah. Okay. So, especially growing up, like
0: feeling like you grew up in a small town that's not actually a small town. Like Wellington is a small town, but it's not that. Yeah, small I grew up in a, a town. small town. You did and, not. Yeah. Connection, but like when he says it's twelve, a, a city, Castle Rock, Oregon doesn't exist, by the way. A city of one
1: thousand two hundred and eighty-one people. Yeah, that's you're like so few like people. A fortieth of. Long view. that's, South, yeah, Longview, yeah, that's, Kelso, that's anyway. only, th-
0: dude, that's only like three times larger than my graduating class. Yeah. So, um, but then my, my first one, just, I wrote it down mostly because it's ridiculous. I have the same problem. Everything is just about, this movie is great, so it was really hard to find anything to even nitpick. But this is so boss. Did you say that? Oh, yeah. I guess they I say that things are boss throughout the whole entire movie. Apparently in the 50s, boss was a I way did... to say cool. Which, I don't know, like, maybe. Uh, uh, Rob Cormier, the radio guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stacks Bob on wax. yeah, I, I know. The I stacks I, on wax. Uh, he says it's so boss all the time as the, well. So, it, like, it literally says it throughout. Like, Vern says it. Bob Cormier says it. Uh, they say it, like, three times during the Lardass story. Apparently, boss was a, was the way to stay yeah, cool I in the 50s, I, did, I guess. I guess didn't
1: know. Which, maybe. But I don't so know. so boss. The alliterativeness, which he do. Yeah, the the wax on whatever it is i yeah. mean like it's the just, racks on it, stacks on wax it's just yeah it's just enjoyable um and then just like the playing of Vern's character which is
0: fun. jerry o'connell shout out um but uh the like that's not the secret knock
1: i forgot the secret knock it, i know the way yeah i i, I love i love verne too you yes. know in a totally yes. different way yeah you know,
0: uh, and then also like, uh, if anybody knows, if you know, tell me. If anybody out there knows, tell me. What fucking game are they playing?
1: Oh, yeah, I was thinking about that. What I, card game is? I this? don't know. <laughs> but I also don't know how to play most card games, so I don't know. But um, it's not the 1950s, and we grew up with video game consoles. Why the fuck would we know how to right, play? I like, I don't play Texas Hold'em. I don't. I, I don't do this stuff. I, I don't know. Um, I, I was, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Also, like, I want that treehouse. I mean, it's just. I never had a tree house. I know. Technically, I I did. There was a
0: perfect tree in, like, right out the back door to build one, and we never did. Like, I think we thought about it, and like the farthest we got was like screwing a two by four to one side of it so you could climb up into the center easier. That's it. As far as we got, mine was
1: slightly better, where it was uh, a plywood, a piece of plywood stuck between two trees. It was still nice. I remember going up there, you know, reading stuff, but. Definitely not like an actual like fucking house yeah, or tree, yeah. you know. And, and you come up through the middle. They also do that in a pup named Scooby Doo. Fucking great! They do that in a lot of different. Yeah, it's kind of it's the like same even sort Ernest of scared
0: lot. stupid. The entrance is like it's. I, I think it's uh-huh. like always through the center. It's always because, through the center yeah. because that you got to climb up the tree to get in. I mean, it makes it. sense.
1: Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I, maybe I'll. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some property somewhere cheap, and I'm just gonna build my kids one. And by build, I mean I'm going to like have somebody else do it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't know how to work with. I don't know how to work with wood. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I would say the two kids you have Ruby, would say all contraire. Different. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I. I, didn't, no. I don't have to. You you have know. to <laughs> exactly. You heard um, it here first, Johnny. Just lays there. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Um, oh, shitty dad. Shitty mom too. I was like continuing the theme with right? shitty parents. I'm like it. It
0: comes back around. You gotta, like, like, has there been stories about like what did Stephen King's parents do to
1: him? Well, he didn't have a dad. So very, dad.
0: very, uh, like, it's a very recurring theme in almost everything. There's at least oh, one shitty parent.
1: You know what's interesting though, and I found I I found this interesting, it, which is, and I feel like this is part of the embellishment. Like he says, like the best parts are the made up parts, but. um... But his the interactions with his brother, John Q. John Q. are more feel more like wish fulfillment sort of thing because his interactions with his actual brother, who was adopted, um, you know, they weren't necessarily bad, but just you know, from what he describes in on writing and stuff like that, absolutely nothing like that. And Jesus, fuck you, motorcycle guy. Uh, you know, so, um, and also his mom, like, he, his mom was, like, you know, a single mom, like, doing the best she could, so really nothing like the shitty parents we've had so far, I mean, absentee parent, um, but, but that, but anyway, the stuff with his brother feels a lot more, uh, if there's anything I could criticize, I feel like that kind of feels like, that would be swell, but that's maybe not how. If there's
0: anything I could criticize, you know, having a sibling. At least one that, that like I know.
1: wonderfully supportive. Um, like I, I, just, I, I don't think know.
0: that's a thing. Definitely not I, I, a I, thing I, f- for you. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, I, but I don't think like like even no. with your sisters. I don't think like like no. Yeah, I, I, just don't think that that's even even maybe in like. Like you could see, like maybe he's doing it because he recognizes that the dad is a shithead. Yeah, I mean, he's stepping and up but, a little but, bit. But still, just like so much of it is very weird. Like especially, I, I was noticing it last night when he gives his hat to Gordy. It's like right th- th- that scene in any other movie, I'd assume that that character That's, was going to kill themselves. Yeah, the way I that, that see scene that. is play, played out with him giving. And a I'm hat. like, is he
1: old enough yeah. to be passing it on? I yeah. guess maybe, but yeah,
0: um, but. Don't get me wrong, fantastic scene, fantastic character, but yeah, it's a little exaggerated. It's not as real as you would want it to be. He's just circling that. Well, I do like,
1: is he just <laughs> circling, circling the Felix? Uh, what the fuck? You know, so, um, yeah, that's. but the thing is, I feel like it, it doesn't feel so out of place that it's distracting. It's, it's it just doesn't feel it, out of place. It just feels just unrealistic. A, it, 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 it does. Um it, but uh, but yeah, I guess it, that would be my, my thing. Also, I feel like there's no way that it was a Yankees hat in the, in the story. Like there's, yeah, the no there's way. no way. It had there's to be no a, way Red it's a, Red a Red Sox hat. hat. That, that's got to be a yeah. Reiner thing.
0: Yeah. Um, Fuck you. Uh, a shout out to a character, an actor who would exist later in a Stephen King piece, but uh, one of the characters, I believe the character's name is Billy. But it's one of the ones that's talking about, you know, finding the Ray Brower body when uh, Vern is trying to find his pennies underneath the porch. If you know, you know. Um, Casey Zizmako, who played Hatch in *Storm of the Century*, there you go. Yeah, I always forget that he's in this. He's very young in this, but definitely looks exactly the same, outside of being a little bit chubbier in, in *Storm of the Century*. uh
1: Yeah, in nine months, man, you didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I'm like, that's yep. just—it's like nine nine months, <laughs> You didn't know whether to really, laugh or cry. I mean, I guess it explains why he's under there, but it's just—it's a—it's—it's it's an amusing little line that doesn't necessarily need to be there, but it's—it's yeah. it's, it's funny. Um, when he goes yeah. into Denny's
0: room. He You know, when you have that first little flashback and everything, he's trying to talk to his mom and she won't respond to him. His mom, literally, yeah, at all. His mom played by the actress who played the mom in Gremlins as well. Um, Mm, But when he goes into his room, there's a couple of different things, like the Michigan State pennant. I will have to look it up, and I'll report back. Yeah, was, was Michigan wondering... State good in the 50s? I don't know, but I'm also like, <laughs> if it was in Oregon, I'm just like... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah it's in Oregon. Being... I mean, it doesn't matter. You go to college where I'm you're going to go to college. Yeah, but, but the Michigan State I purely guess. doesn't make sense for either place unless it was a really good team which I haven't looked up but whether you're looking at the movie being placed in Oregon or the short story being placed in Maine it doesn't make sense for either of them there are more regionally specific colleges so I was just like yeah "Yeah." and then I forget what they stood for which probably would be better but I just put in quotations pig because he's got a a football on his wall Uh, that says pig on it and it stands for like
1: Oh, I guess Pain, I
0: integrity, and glory. Oh, I guess I did not know Yeah. 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 I, I thought it was weird.
1: Uh, uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, shitty dad, alert, and yep. mom. Um, right what, now, like, the, and, and that's what's
0: crazy about it, is at dad, least in this like, moment, I feel like at least in this moment... They paint the mom as more shitty because she won't even refer, listen, she won't even respond to him. And yeah. the dad does. And then the dad goes into the house to check on him. And the mom still doesn't. But then later on, for virtually the rest of the movie, the dad is painted as this fucking monster. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's like why, the dad is shittier to Gordy when Denny's alive than he is after Denny dies.
1: Yeah. And he, why can't you have friends like Denny's? Yeah. That's what he, that's what he says yeah. after he goes in there. Uh, they're all right, dad. Two phibs and a thief. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, that was something. Phibs. That's like
0: the continuation of using th- slurs that aren't great. Uh, again, being the only thing that you can nitpick at. Uh, that just one the, feels
1: like yeah. it's actually more fifties. I don't know if it is, but it, it definitely it does. feels more like does. that. You know, antiquated. Um, but uh, I, I think okay, this is the first thing about river phoenix's range i would say is that is that when they go into the alley Mm -hmm. with the gun and uh he says it's not loaded chris says it's not loaded and so so uh gordy just fires away and Mm -hmm. and Spoiler alert, it is loaded. It was in fact loaded. And so and then Chris is first is like laughing about it and, and thinks and he's and he says it's Gordy, it's Gordy. Yelling, you know, saying whatever, it's you Gordy. know, and Gordy with chant. And then, you know, uh, Gordy is very upset by it and he's like, You knew it, you wethead. And um, which that definitely feels like a '50s insult, mm-hmm. it. But anyway, you know, but then all Rachel's this... dad calls Ross that. does he? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, that's right. He does. Yeah. 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 Um is that the is that the one where he, he like puts on his glasses and he like and you know, cause it's the No, it is I I think it's a later episode. That's a fantastic It's game. a later episode, it's where they you know,
0: where they don't get along and like Ross tries to tit higher because he tits oh, super low. Yeah. And then they end up bonding over the fact that they talk shit about Rachel's stupid decisions. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dr. Uh, Bobby. Exactly. Um so but but Chris all of a sudden gets he gets very upset, and he says, You know like no, i didn't know i didn't know and which which you know it's like he he thinks it's funny, which is like a very you know it feels very real, but then you could start to see that he's not like just i mean that wouldn't make him a terrible friend, but like there there's more than like he's there's more to him I felt like at
0: least in the movie, the chris chambers character is painted. At least the way we should all strive to be as a friend. Right. Fun until it shouldn't be. And, like, he's very caring and very protective of all of his friends. Yeah. Uh, later on, you know, after he pulls uh, Teddy off the train tracks, like, not letting Teddy walk away until he skins it. So, you know, to prove right. that they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just that, like, very caring, very mature, and especially at that young of an age, River Phoenix fucking nails it. Yeah. uh, In all of the scenes
1: when he does things like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, so good. Um, And uh, right after that, Ace shows up, Tackles him to the ground. Way not want to tackle him, but he uh, talking shit about... Yeah, first a, her, uh, uh,
0: the first thing I have to say right before this yeah. is something I noted throughout the whole entire movie that's just a little weird. Again, just trying to find something nitpicky. Will Wheaton is wearing a tremendous amount of eyeliner in this movie.
1: Yeah, I guess I could see. Yeah, which is... I don't know. <laughs> no one else the, is. <laughs> sell his uh, sensitive... I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know. That is kind um, of But, odd. yeah, then... Uh, the very next scene after that, they're literally circling this diner because the sign pops up like 30 times. They're behind it when they shoot the gun. They're in front of it later, and then they're in front of it again. Uh, but uh, Ace steals the New York Yankees hat from... Uh, he never gets it back. Yeah. He never gets it no, back. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the hat that he got from his dead brother, Ace steals, and then Eyeball, which is Chris's brother, then has it but uh, chris calls ace a real asshole
1: right right so
0: right in broad daylight in the middle of the day ace tackles him to the ground and then holds a cigarette to his eye and i'm just sitting here thinking where the fuck are any adults
1: that's exactly <laughs> where is any adult when ace had yeah. i'm like yeah there's a teenager
0: there's a there's a teenager or young adult Hitting a 12 year old to the ground and threatening to put his eye out with a cigarette. Where's the fucking adult? This
1: is a town of like a thousand people. Yeah. But So there's not a lot of them, but there, there's going to be more of them downtown. There's one fucking yeah. Diner it's, not, around. it's not
0: fucking children it's, of the corn. They know, didn't get rid of all the
1: parents. Exactly. So, yeah, that was the same exact number that Yeah. Man. Uh the next note I have is is when they start walking on the tracks. So I don't know if you have any before No, there.
0: my next note has to do with when they start walking on the tracks, and mine specifically is the Paladin theme song. I've never oh, seen that show, but yeah. the theme song is pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> I know. Um uh th- th- my my note was that the 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 cinematography of cinema fucking whatever I, I just said. Cinematography said Cinematography right. is it feels you know, and and this is maybe where it feels more embellished in a way of like it, it feels more like the way they shoot it is like almost nostalgic. It's very like, like it's a sunny day. It's like the sunniest day. Like the way that, you know, it's like the bluest sky, you know, and it feels like that, that's almost the like way a that sort the, of...
0: well To be honest, the way that the movie kind of goes is as the story gets on, it starts to get darker and darker. Right. Like, yeah. like, not even just the nighttime scene. Even the nighttime scene is shot brighter yeah, than is. the color yeah. scheme when they actually get to the body. Yeah. So it's very it, cool uh, storytelling through graphic.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I feel like that's, you know, like the way that he's remembering it, it, it's probably somewhat accurate. But, you know, he's probably being nostalgic, just like a lot of us when we look back on our childhood. And, and I feel like, I don't know if that's on purpose, but the cinematography of it really sells like this is like, right, this is, this is the, the bluest day. This is the most 50 when you're a kid day, you know. So I thought that was probably not an accident. And uh, uh, also, I brought the comb. What am I supposed to think of everything? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is such a fantastic Vern. What do you bring a comb for? You don't have any hair. I brought it for you guys. For you guys, <laughs> yeah. Vern's <Bird's> very thoughtful. Vern <laughs> is very, well, yeah. He's <laughs> everyone when to come to remembering yeah. anything. Yeah, well, but there well, well, was whole- the scene <laughs> when they're,
0: with the I brought the comb, am I supposed to think of everything? Where, like, Gordy even thought to bring a canteen of water, but literally nobody th- thought to bring uh, food. And yeah. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but but speaking on the food, it is a purely nineteen fifties phenomenon to believe that a child thinking about cooking something over a fire would buy hamburger.
1: I was thinking about that. That yeah. is such a dangerous like... meat to try to cook over a fire yeah. on a stick. <laughs> and also I feel like it's it's more practical than I than I would be thinking, you know, I'd like fucking Doritos or something. You well, know, I'd, even even in that setting.
0: There was an obvious answer hot dogs,
1: right? Yeah, why is he buying right. raw hamburger? Yeah, true, <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's, I mean, it's sort of, I mean, I guess you could always kind of like it's a kid, what is he doing? I would not be buying hamburger, but yeah, I guess it's kind of impractical, but it, yeah, it is kind of strange. Um, so yeah, the anyway, <laughs> the you, 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 which I think that's about the next scene I have is the, the chopper, like balls, uh, I've of got there. a couple little okay.
0: things before that, um. I already talked about this one, but the skin it.
1: Oh, um, yeah, the the, the train dodge. Yeah, yeah, the first train dodge. um,
0: The note that I did put in here, which I already said, is they somehow cast the crazy one as the crazy one. Yeah. Uh, But, um, you know, he wants to dodge the train. Chris doesn't let him. He pulls him off. He's like, you're trying to kill yourself. But then, yeah, like I said, the friend we should should all try to strive to be. And it's like, don't leave angry, you know, like, like, it happened. You can dodge the next one. We aren't leaving this spot until we, we you know, until we're cool. Um, very uh, the ne- One of the next scenes, they're playing uh, Ace and the Cobras are playing mailbox, uh, mailbox baseball, baseball oh, yeah, yeah. and casual use of uh, LGBTQ slurs um, when, uh, because uh, Billy and the other one keep trying to, you know, well, not Billy. Billy doesn't want to talk about it, but the other guy keeps trying to tell him right. about the body.
1: Yeah, um, and Ace calls them homos, um, which it's like you know, definitely like the the nineties, the, the aughts. Like that's something that we grew up with for sure. This is it's definitely how kids were talking. Was, was was felt to be okay, but probably never should have been. It, yeah. No, for sure, it definitely <laughs> should have been. Yeah. But definitely, like I can totally relate to kids talking its way yeah. and obviously the 50s you know I mean it, you know like it's labeled as a mental disorder it's like you know obviously it's not a friendly period of time but is it so outright? I don't it's know. the way I don't know.
0: I think I said this when we were talking before, but to me, like, the casual use of those slurs definitely feels more a product of a movie being made in the 80s, not a movie being made about the 50s.
1: Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you know, you've got an a, a 80s adult looking back in the 50s, and I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he's more reflecting the... The time you know, because the LGBT uh, discrimination thing comes up in it, which is around the same time uh-huh. so it's like he's sort of reflecting a little bit of the time period that that he's living in as an adult, so i don't know the, um, that is yeah, that is something there uh, the one thing you know is the uh uh yeah, yeah, I guess it's the oh no it's um the thing comes up with uh with Cory feldon's character can you uh, shan yeah it, it it comes up there, which is the uh he defends his dad for the first time. Uh-huh. I think that's the first, you know, he's like, he's stormed the beach at Norby and the, the, cause the, the junkyard guy that's, is, yeah, that's after the chopper stick is balls. right. Right. Yeah. But I feel like chopper stick balls is pretty much all I have for that one. Yeah. Um, I just have two things before that. well actually I guess technically three, but,
0: uh, Will Wheaton runs really weird. I haven't yeah. seen him run since he was a child in the movie, so that could he could run better now,
1: right? If anybody but, knows, let us yes, know. Yes, if, if you've seen crew, Will Reitan run recently, please let us know.
0: <laughs> but when him and Chris are r- racing, it's like, man, why are you running like that? Um, even get the head start, and I feel like yeah. he still loses, right? Yeah, no. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then uh, so they're trying to figure out who's going to go get the groceries, uh, the food, if you will, the the hamburger. Uh, uh, they flip coins, you know, and like they get a the Gucher odd one first. goes and they get a Gucci. What the fuck is a Gucci?
1: <laughs> you all wind up with the same side of the coin, I guess? Well, you know, it's supposed to be like, a, it, it doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with
0: just the coin. It's supposed to be like a term for a bad omen, but fucking why?
1: I mean, is it, yeah, I guess it's, I yeah, because they flipped a Gucci right before. A Gucci. Yeah, and like, I, I don't. Okay, so wait, the and one. They all got wrecked. Yeah. One thing I want to mention is, uh, and this is something that we're going to try to do with a few, um, a, a few of the episodes, maybe, or like looking back on a few of the episodes. But starting with "Stand by Me," is kind of have a conversation more about the themes uh, of it, more like a book club sort of thing, um, you know. And so we'll kind of get more into that. Keep but an I eye out f- for additional content. But exactly. But I feel like right now, there, the identity is a big part. Of, you know, uh, because, you know, you've got, um, you, you know, you've got Chris who's like trying to escape his, his family's name. He's got kind of a reputation, but he's also a lot more than that. Like we talked about that. Obviously with Gordy, this is like the, you know, this is the most outright theme, which is like his brother, his brother played football. Yeah. He's not, you know, he's a writer. His dad doesn't think writing is cool. And more
0: so his characters trying to reconcile what he wants to do in his life now that he doesn't have like that support. supportive yeah. character, which was his dad, which was his brother,
1: right? Because he starts to reflect what his dad says mm-hmm. later of like it's stupid, writing stupid, whatever, and he's like, no, that's what your dad. But like he, you know, the store clerk asks him like, you know, oh, did you, do you play football? How... Right, exactly. Yeah. No, and he's like, well, what, what, do, do, you what do? do you do? And uh, I don't know. I don't know. And and I feel like that. The way they deliver it really kind of hits, too. Like, it, it feels relatable. Like, I, it, I have it no starts, idea.
0: It starts a whole thing that you watch through the movie of Gordy literally doubting everything about himself.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and I guess I didn't think about this at the time, but even with Teddy, it's like there's his dad, and, like, he reveres his dad, which is definitely something you'll see with traumatized people that were raised by awful human beings. You know, they will we'll still kind of revere them in a way and so it's it's kind of the identity of that like he he's taking on like he's glorifying you know like the aspects of his dad you could glorify, I guess, which is being like a war hero um and and so there's just like a lot of uh a lot of a lot of identity stuff going on, which I feel like is very relatable um is very relatable as a as a kid um you know even at the age of you know, I met you when I was like 16 and, and even then identity was like, you know, just had no idea, you know, what I really wanted to be or, you know, some kids at that age are like, I'm going to be a doctor and they've been, you know, you know, trying to get into the college they wanted since they were like in sixth grade or whatever. And, you know, I remember being that age and, and not knowing at all, you know, what I wanted to do. I'm going to be in a band or I'm going to, you know. It, Whatever you know, so it it feels very it feels very uh, relatable. Yeah. Uh,
0: but next, of course, leaves us to the uh, you know amazing line, Chopper sick Chopper. balls,
1: sick balls, and then of course what he said
0: was Chopper sick him, but what I heard was Chopper sick balls.
1: Right. Um. So yeah. So uh, a, a great scene. It's humorous, but it, you know it also drives home the you know identity piece that. That they struggle with, yes.
0: um, I'm, and I'm sure we'll bring up the. Uh, I, in fact, I know we will. We'll bring up the other uh, pretty fantastic lines that are in this uh, that are in this movie. Uh, and there's one in particular that we'll talk about closer to the end. But I do have to also bring up because this one does not get enough love. But uh, when uh, Teddy's yelling about the, uh, he stormed the beach at Normandy, and uh, they're yelling at the uh, junkyard owner. The junkyard owner calls Teddy a foul-mouthed whoremaster.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The
0: fuck does that mean? <laughs> I don't. I guess I didn't
1: notice what exactly yeah. he calls him. I
0: think I probably would have missed it if I didn't have subtitles on when I was watching it.
1: Uh, foul-mouthed whoremaster. And also, the amusing thing is, I'm gonna rip off your head and shit down your neck. Mm-hmm. I think that's yep. what, you know yep. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. It's so yeah. It's, it's all the seen, and there's humor, and there's also, you know, driving home the sort of um, uncertain
0: And then this is the first, the first real like you, you have to go through it with a fine tooth comb to find something that's bad. Quote fingers. Just like Vern. the comb, like that. I brought the comb. Okay? <laughs> yeah, because um, you're and, Vern. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> go By ahead, Vern. Man. That means I grew up to marry Rebecca Romaine. So fuck you. Oh. Sounds like well,
1: I win. I, sure, I think there they're you divorced go. You blossomed as point. an adult, sure.
0: Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, th- th- there's some lazy things, um, and I'll just mention them both now. But uh, the uh, junkyard guy is screaming at him that his dad's up in Togus, um, is like a, and a Togus dental? is specifically a VA hospital in Chelsea, Maine. Right. So, like, they changed the setting of the movie to Oregon and then didn't bother to change other little pieces that are very much Maine, being Togus, and then also that they are going to the Royal River, which is only in the United States in Maine. And they're very easily in Oregon. You could have changed three letters and changed it to the Rogue River, which is actually in Oregon. So, again, it's super fucking nitpicky, but that's the whole point of reviewing a movie. So, had to pull pull out Vern's comb. I mean, it
1: it could... not it could be Maine. I mean, people don't know exactly. Yeah, what it it, looks they like. didn't it looks have to change like it to, Maine.
0: They didn't have to change it to weird. Oregon. It's very did, strange, but they did, and and because of that, they should have bothered to change
1: these fine little details that relate it, back to it. It's Maine. it's weird because like the dead zone, it shoots right above New England in Canada, but it's not like a, oh, we need to change it to Canada yeah. now. Like it looks like New England, so yeah. uh, they shot in California. Huh? Right. Um, oh. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where you shoot it, you don't have to change. Yeah. To into there. Cujo is shot in
0: Southern California, and it's still Maine.
1: <sighs> yeah, which I thought was interesting. Stephen King talks about it. he's like the ocean is on the wrong side. I'm yeah. like, Inter- interesting. I guess I didn't you know think of something like that, but. Um, so. Uh,
0: I've noted that on certain things in the past before, but that doesn't matter. Not in this. Other episodes of. Uh, namely like the first episode of uh the x-files mm-hmm. before they settled and started shooting in vancouver they were kind of shooting all over the place right. um and the episode's supposed to be on the oregon coast but the uh the ocean's on the wrong side
1: yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like speak speaking to fine tooth comb um so uh yeah i guess okay yeah and this is weird talking about this but um yeah the john key sort of being like a fantasy sort of brother or you know I'm I I feel like there might be some relationships like this for siblings but it's like one they probably exist probably just not very relatable to most people I don't I don't think um and uh let's see I feel like there was something else um uh but you know I guess it comes down to like like that quote about you know quote the Stephen King says where it's the truth inside the lie and this is a little bit of the lie yeah. You know, I, I you know, I feel like um there's also a line where he says, I think this is the exact line, where he says, Everything was all around us. We knew exactly who we were going to be and it was going to be grand, which I guess sort of seems like it goes against the identity piece or whatever, but you know, it's it's kind of like it it's false. They didn't know exactly what they wanted to be. And which is interesting because I mean he just <laughs> they just had that scene where he says, I don't know. Yeah. Like, who are you? I don't know. And then, and, and then, then all he, of a says, sudden he knows. you know exactly who are, you know, yeah. and, and I guess identity in a way that's, that's not like, Oh, am I playing football? Am I doing this? I don't know. It's interesting yep. kind of contradiction. Um,
0: the next scene I wrote notes on just a little short one. Uh, and then I'll be basically in the same spot you are, but, uh, the Cobras are all hanging out again. Uh, and, uh, Eyeballs given everyone razor blade tattoos. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Ace asks uh, Billy, uh, "Like, how are things going with that chick you're hanging out with?" And he says that uh, uh, they've been like going steady for like three months, and all she's let him do it's is feel her it, it, tits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to which uh, I, I just thought this line was funny which Ace responds, that's because she's a Catholic. you got to get yourself a Protestant girl.
1: <laughs> Even a Jew would do. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, you're, you're a Catholic. Does yeah. this does this ring true? I mean, you're not a Catholic girl, but... I'm not a
0: Catholic girl. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you feel way, more but... than my breasts.
1: <laughs> um, no, uh...
0: I thought it was funny and it made me think of uh, a friend who will stay unnamed just for his own solidarity, but who uh, I know at a point in time, yeah, okay. but at a point in time who was, you know, using dating sites and things like that, trying to find somebody, you know, to go to, uh, to have a relationship with. And uh, he had quoted much to the, uh, maybe the same as this, because they would be considered Protestants. But he said, uh, like, without skipping a beat, that he has found the most depraved and sexually starved women on (laughs) ChristianMingle.com.
1: I feel like I've heard things to that effect, yeah. I I don't know I can't confirm but yeah Yeah. I could I could see that
0: yeah Uh, to which then brings us to one of many existential questions in this movie but who would win in a fight Mighty Mouse or Superman
1: right but Mighty Mouse is a cartoon and And Superman's Superman's a real real guy
0: guy. so So. he's
1: like well yeah I guess you're right exactly
0: it'd be a good fight yeah. Uh, and then this is probably one of my favorite lines uh, i, I 'm not going to say it word for word because i didn 't write it down. The only note I put was masturbation joke but uh, when they 're talking about crossing the uh, the marsh as it were um, uh, and they 're ta- no when they 're talking about crossing the bridge excuse me uh, they 're talking about crossing the bridge and uh, uh, Gordy and Chris positive that they could walk up to the interstate bridge instead of taking the train oh, bridge.
1: yeah, it's five miles and down. Yeah, yeah, five miles down,
0: five <laughs> miles. If you walk five miles down, you got to walk five miles back. So you guys can go cool. ahead and do that, but I'm just going to cross here. It'll only take 10 minutes, and then I'll be sitting on there. Uh, I'll be sitting waiting for you, uh, <laughs> thinking about, you know, Existence and or whatever it is that he says, and then Gordy says, "Do you use your right hand or left hand for that?" Yeah, yeah, that's right. That is a good good. line.
1: That is a good line. And and I feel like that feels like a joke that that as like teenagers would people would make, you know, like one hundred percent, you know. And that's something that probably is universal. You know, they probably did make a joke like that. uh, but, uh, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is shortly after, or like right around this time, where he first says, am I weird? Uh, Gordy says, am I weird? And then, uh... It which just, says... I, I believe
0: it's shortly after that, yeah. But yeah.
1: yeah, but so what, Every, everybody everybody's weird. Everybody's weird. And yeah. I feel like that's definitely something that, like, um... It's a, i I'm just, not gonna say it's totally
0: influenced by it, but it is definitely referential to one of my favorite lines from a book, which is, uh... Lewis Carroll from Alice in Wonderland. Uh, all the best. People. Are, are you weird? Like are, are you mad? All the best people are.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. yeah. Probably. And 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 I feel like it's definitely relatable because I think at least as I went from like preteen teen to, to teenager, like from I guess middle school to high school, like high school, you start embracing. And, and this is around the time I met you. You start embracing a little bit of of the weirdness and, and you realize that connects you to a lot of people but like middle school at least for me like you're hiding a lot more of
0: that and i feel like there's to. a period in time and i think a lot of people like a lot of movies try to make it seem like it's high school when it happens but i really think it's more middle school and freshman year where you really feel more like what you want to do is fit in and then after that period in time you're more like fuck fitting in
1: yeah, and I feel like, and I feel like, for me, the irony was that as I let go of that more, that, that's when I did fit in. Yeah, you know, just it's because with, you
0: found your people instead right. of trying to fit into, fit in with everybody, you found the people you fit with, and they were it's all like, at the theater. Yeah,
1: yes, <laughs> for yeah. the most you, part. You aren't the wrong puzzle piece. Part. You're in the wrong puzzle box. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's you know, I. I yeah, I do I do like I do like that, that piece. I feel like that's kind of universally relatable for most people. Uh except for the people that are just like the, the jocks that are yeah, just the normal people like normies. You know, the normies. That wind up like, you know, the people that like rape somebody or something yeah. then, you know. <laughs> sorry to sorry to generalize <laughs> about jocks there, but you know.
0: Uh next thing I've got is uh Lardass.
1: Yeah, I don't think I really had a note on that one, so go ahead. Um
0: so they 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 get ready to camp out. They they cook their hamburger, hamburger over fire, um, hamburger and, on a uh, stick. Yeah, hamburger <laughs> on a
1: fucking stick. It's, okay, sure. He did buy buns, but they never show the buns <laughs> after yeah, he bought them. That is weird, and I feel like they just eat it off the stick. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, just yeah. like yeah. Why why not a hot dog? Yeah, that is kind of strange. Yeah, exactly, that is weird. Chris asks right. him to tell a story,
0: so and like Teddy and Vern bring up other stories that he's. Read or written, or the read to them, or that he's written before with other characters. Uh, and uh, he brings up this new story that he's got that is about. Nope, there's coffee in there. Is Good it? Okay.
1: Sorry, um, sorry, listeners. I'm looking for nope. coffee.
0: They talk about. Uh, so in the story, he tells the story about uh, what he refers to as the best revenge a kid ever had.
1: Yeah, I'm like, is this the best revenge
0: <sighs> that anybody ever had? Probably not. In South Park, uh, in order to get revenge on their parents, Cartman starts a business that will smear shit on your parents' walls. I feel like... That might be better. I feel... Because, like, you, ha-
1: like, you have to suffer a lot for this. And I feel like the best revenge would be, like, not having to quite suffer as much. Um,
0: but, uh... uh so, Lardass is the main character in the story. He is a fat kid. <laughs> um, they make a lot of jokes at the uh, expensive fat people At least you didn't say he
1: is a Lardass. He, <laughs> Lardass
0: is, in fact, a Lardass. His name is Davey something. I can't remember his last name, uh, but it doesn't H- matter. Hogan? Hogan, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, but everyone calls him Lardass to the point that they even joke about it where everyone's cheering Lardass. There's a woman in the audience during this pie-eating contest who is every bit as fat as Lardass, if not fatter, and she's calling him Lardass. So... Uh, in this universe, all bets are off. But this yeah. whole entire thing is—he goes to this pie-eating contest, and he's um, he prepares beforehand, before even eating his pies, God, by drinking a whole bottle of castor oil <laughs> and eating a raw egg. Which to me is overkill because I'm pretty sure you would fuck up your insides a ton and vomit a ton anyway just with the whole bottle of castor oil. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, especially the castor oil. Like it was a good thing it wasn't ipecac because Zipicac will make you throw up real quick. But I feel like castor oil would have a more immediate impact than it did, but whatever. Anyway, as I've already you know, spoiled the plot, uh, he eats all these pies, he ingests all this castor oil because his whole plan is to create what Gordy refers to as a Barthorama. That is his revenge. He throws up on a guy next to him who then throws up on a guy next to him, which then causes all these other people to throw up. Uh, A fat lady pukes in her purse, the fat lady I was speaking on beforehand, and the women's auxiliary throws up on the benevolent order of antelope. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's the best revenge a kid ever had. And
1: yeah, uh, it feels like just because yeah, because your suffering is so great, I feel like it just can't be yeah. the best revenge. When his friends tell him the story was
0: boss, until of course Teddy tells him that the ending was bad, which I wonder if that's Stephen King foreshadowing. It, because it, it's very widely that was believed note. that Stephen King's endings are bad. That was my uh, note. I don't I'm necessarily like, think they're, they're bad. This one. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think they're bad. I think that they're abrupt. I think for a man who can spend twenty pages describing a fucking doorknob, why are his last battles a paragraph long?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, (laughs) I don't, I don't know. You know, and I feel like I've heard him (coughs) reference this. And by the way, uh, my clip came off my microphone. Yeah, I I don't know. So it's uh, if it sounds not as good, uh, that's why. Um, It sounds fine, but what the fuck did you do? I don't know. It's just like it slides in this little slot here, and I don't know how to get this back it, face it. So I'm like, Jesus, okay. So we'll see how this works. Wait, wait, wait. I think I got it. Um, anyway.
0: For this part of the story, I, I, I actually want to legitimately ask you this question. Because um, okay. okay. I don't think it's going to be the answer given, but, you know, they sit around the fire talking about... The most important, what he says, the most important conversations that, you know, guys have, of course, until they start to notice girls. um, But uh, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Cherry flavored piss. Don't for you sure. fucking lie to me. <laughs> Nobody likes cherry well, flavored um, It's not even the best one.
1: It, it's got to be... <laughs> See, because you would say, like, I guess if you're going like not health wise, which I mean, definitely not at this point in my life. I mean, you feel like pizza, but I feel like pizza you could get sick of more. You can maybe say pizza because
0: there's like pizza. I feel like is a cop out answer because there are so many varieties of pizza, so you could potentially not get tired of it because you're changing. You know, your I'm gonna
1: nonsense. I'm gonna say and going again with the variety thing. I'm gonna say Chinese food because okay? because I go with a lot of variety. You go with sweeter, spicier, more plain. I, I don't know. I feel I feel like maybe there's a better answer, but I feel like probably I mean I could go with sandwich because of Chinese bottom. How can I help you? So what? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like I feel like I go with Chinese
0: food. Yeah. Alright. What's your answer? Um Pasta. Pasta's a cop out answer too. I wanna try to have like a real answer.
1: You're like a you're a, you're a pasta fan, right? I, I mean fan. I feel like yeah. I like
0: pasta. I like nudes. Send nudes. Exactly. Um, Dave Actually
1: send yes. nudes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's good.
0: Um, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, i probably something with chicken in it. I like chicken, fried chicken. I could eat fried <laughs> not, chicken.
1: Not not vague there
0: at all. I could eat fried chicken a lot. Fried chicken isn't vague.
1: No, you just said chicken.
0: I know, first. but then I yeah. changed it to fried chicken. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure, fried yeah. chicken's good. Uh, I work in a shopping mall with a Popeyes outside. I eat a lot of fried chicken.
1: I could say wings. I because I mean it's not that unhealthy. It's just you can pull a lot of to- you know. I'm going to stick with Chinese food, but wings comes to mind. I'm a big wing fan.
0: Yeah. And then uh, so this triggers two uh, emotional but then also hilarious like in the background moments but Gordy has the dream where his dad says it should have been you, Gordon. Uh so then causes him to wake up and uh, while uh, I guess before this like everyone's standing guard because they hear wolves and Teddy can't stop narrating it like he's a soldier. <laughs> Corporal Duchamp. Um, um, and Vern then burn every single <laughs> noise and every time it, I, I think they highlight it and make it better because every time it's not like a wild animal sort of thing it's crickets or frogs and yeah. he's just like pointing the gun wherever the sound's coming from yeah uh, it's amazing then- Chris is on watch, Gordy has this nightmare, Uh, should have been you Gordon, and he wakes up, uh, and this is where I wrote, you know, like, Chris is basically the best character ever had a lot of range, because they're going through this whole thing where he's trying to be very supportive to Gordy, which then turns him into being really emotional about, you know, everyone, because, you know, his parents are no good and his brother's no good, that he's automatically no good. But it's one of those things that, like, I don't know how to put it, and I don't want to call it, like, straight up, like, hypocritical or something like that, but it is, where he's sitting there and he's, like, whining about it, like, nobody asked. Nobody asked if I stole the milk money that time. They just assumed that I did. And then Gordy's like, well, did you? Of course I did. You knew I did. Everybody knew I did. Right. It's like, well, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> like, if you don't want to be seen as as bad as everyone else, stop being as bad as everyone uh, else. I, yeah. I, and then I get that he gets the redemption right afterwards where he's like, he tried to give it back, and the teacher took it back, but then didn't actually put it back. And, and he used bought to a buy dress. Which is a skirt. Skirt. And, which and, is and something Gordon that is also like
1: this, apparently, which I thought yeah, was kind of
0: yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is one of those things where, I mean, it could be a hot teacher. They don't, they don't spell it. <laughs> really? I know it's one of the hot yeah. teachers we had. Hot for teachers. That. Um, not that there were a lot of hot teachers at Mark Morris High School, um, depending
1: on who you ask. I guess. <laughs> who, who, is the, who is the guy we got the, the drums head from? Very attractive. I'm just <laughs> very... No. Um, a douche. And uh, my brain just stopped functioning.
0: What was I talking about? Uh,
1: Early stuff. We, um, oh, yeah.
0: And that's a very cool, uh, not cool, but that's a very real thing that people eventually go through it's like you think that adults are you know always going to do the right thing yeah these uh-huh. are people who are there to kind of protect you uh and you always if you eventually find that moment where you get betrayed by them and you realize how real the world is and apparently that was a moment for chris yeah um,
1: i really yeah i i noticed i really like that part too of like you know adults are more corrupt yeah you know
0: than, than you think they are when you're a child yeah um The next thing I have is uh, uh, basically when Ace and the rest of the Cobras find out about Ray Brower's body, and it's where uh, both Billy and the other guy start to tell somebody and they're like, you can't tell anybody though, you gotta swear on your mother's grave. And then ten minutes later everybody knows, so apparently the Cobras do not give a shit about their mothers.
1: No, they do not. Savage. Um I you know, I don't really remember exactly where I think this is this is before they cross the bridge shortly. So I, I think it's around this time. But and it kind of goes again with the identity thing, which is they're going into I guess I was thinking high school, but I think they're going to middle school.
0: And and apparently this now they'd is be a, going into high
1: school, they're twelve. So they'd be going into freshman year of high I school. No, but I thought they said I thought they said like junior high or something. It, I don't know whatever it if is. If they did, they did it wrong. <laughs> that's not what it's you like you going that's high. it's you know what whatever it is, they're going into They're you know, they're going into high school, let's say. And um, and apparently it's a thing here where you go to the shop courses or the college courses, which I mean, I don't remember that. I name don't know thing. that I necessarily you think know.
0: it was a real thing, but I think I think what he's saying is like the difference between Low-level entry classes and AP classes,
1: you know, and right, and yeah. and, I, and I get it, and I, and I think,
0: and I like the classes that maybe at the time prepared you for a job versus the
1: classes I that he, would prepare you to go to generally college. Generally, just yeah. referring to shop class, uh, yeah, you know, I think whatever. that's what he's doing. So I think, but I, I, and again, this goes with the identity thing, I guess, which is you know, like, like um, because Gordy is like Gordy's obviously going to, to the college courses or whatever. And then Chris is like, oh, no, I'm going to be back with the – and I feel like there's a mentally disabled comment. No, there, there are somewhere. a handful of hard uh, R's
0: in this period.
1: And so, yeah, that's what it – and yeah. so, you know, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going gonna, to gonna be there or whatever. And then eventually he, he gets convinced to do the college courses. You know, and I feel like that, again, goes with the identity. He does decide that it's worth it to try – To try and get out. And I kinda like that idea of like this is the last hurrah, this is the last summer they're all gonna really have together. Because they said eventually they become just Teddy and Specifically Teddy and Burns. Yeah. You know, and you know, and I felt like that, you know, it's sad, but that feels very, you know, like you said, there's friends that come in and out of your life, and that's just the way that it is. Uh friends forever is not not always the case. And most of the time it's not the case. So I like that that bit. Yeah. Um, All I've got notes for now are
0: probably the last 15 minutes of the movie. I'm at where they cross the march, the leeches scene. Is that after they cross the bridge? Yeah, way after.
1: Okay, because I'm like, I I don't know. The one thing I have is about crossing the bridge, which we You already talked about that, Josh. (laughs) No, 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 no. but I want to say... Well, I didn't really talk about it. Uh, No, the one thing I want to say... Yeah, I know you talked about going downstate and upstate, you know. But the one thing that I want to say is that it feels like... It it feels like a very pivotal scene, although it's it's really not. It's really like doesn't really I remember one of the things yeah Other than just the the train dodge, the ultimate
0: train dodge. Uh, One of the things that like man, just I felt so disillusioned in this scene as I remember the train being much more grandiose. It's literally two train cars. That train could have stopped. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was not hauling a whole train that would have been difficult to stop. It had one. It had the engine, one car in the middle, and then the caboose. That's
1: the whole train. It probably could have. Yeah, and I felt like, but and, and it does wind up being a life or death thing. But I think the way that the way that they uh think about the bridge or make you know that it that it's because it feels like yeah you could probably get across that thing in a short amount of time if they would have ran but it feels and they do feel like you can't jump off the bridge because you're gonna which i guess you could not survive but it feels it's definitely a survivable fall for sure and so um yeah but the way that they think about it as kids i feel like is much more dramatic and obviously of course it does wind up being pretty dramatic but I, i did like the way that they that it, it does feel like the way that they feel about it, which is a very, you know, dramatic sort of life or death thing. Even if it didn't wind up being a life or death thing, it still feels like very, very big to them in a way that as an adult, you're, you know, you're probably like not, not as much, yeah, but, it's not as, um, not big you know, of a deal. so, but he does lose his comb. He, he does like, lose the it, comb. Let it go, Vern. Yep. <laughs> so he does lose know? the comb, which for him is going to be fine because he doesn't, he doesn't have hair, doesn't like I said, it. but, um, but yeah, so anyway, that's, Uh, yeah. The most I have is just like kind of things that quotes that I think are, you know, like I guess another relatable one was like, "Cook your dick" would be a small meal, just like things like that. Yeah. What are you gonna
0: do now? Cook your dick? That'd be a small meal. Yeah.
1: So I feel like, um,
0: which actually makes me remember uh, (laughs) uh, an actual interchange we had on Facebook. Uh, I posted that I was gonna that I was making a pot roast and I was pretty excited about it. Oh, I remember that. And then you commented on that post that pot roast was gross. Yeah, I remember that. To which my response was, I will cut your fucking dick off. <laughs> yes. <And laughs> to, I feel... which, to which Chad then responded that that would be a really small roast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which, yeah, good zinger, Chad. Yes. And I do feel like I stand by that pot roast. Pot roast is, is
0: delicious. Gross. You just gross. haven't had good pot roast.
1: Gross. Well, okay, maybe Dave's going to have to cook me a, yeah, right. a pot roast here and see. It's, you know, it's got like like, like, mushy carrots shit in it, like, I don't know, at least the way that most people cook a pot roast is not good.
0: Yeah, I really think you've just, 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 like, I mean, sure, you, you've Prove said the same wrong. thing to me yeah, about I, stew, yeah. and it's just that you've had bad stew What's and bad the,
1: pot. What is the difference? I guess a pot, pot, like, you could One put pot roast broth. in a, in a <laughs> stew, I guess so, yeah, uh, no, I, it's pretty much the same thing in my mind, though, I mean, um, not the same thing, but how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway, leeches... No, let's talk about this more. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, leeches.
0: They, cr- uh, they decide to cross this march thing. Uh, I. It's not really... It might be the river, but it's not really... Is it a march? It's the It's the Bog of Eternal, Sound off leeches. in the comments. Um, but there's leeches involved. And, uh, you know, they all start playing around in the water. Gordy's just trying to get away and get out of there. You see kind of like the diminishing of Gordy's character up until this point where he's just like really... He even says he's obsessed with seeing the body, so like he doesn't want to slow yeah. down, he doesn't want to have fun anymore. He's like, he I would go alone. I would have won alone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we have Stephen King answered the question for us. He gave the he, he gave us the winner. And we've been sitting around wondering whether Wolf Dick or Warlock Dick was the winner. When the uh-huh. obvious winner is leech dick. Leech dick, yeah. Leech dick. Gordy gets a leech on his dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he passes out immediately, which who among us fucking wouldn't? <laughs> the first time you, you get know, a beej leech, yeah. and it's a fucking parasite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the the one thing I was going to say is, like, I'm assuming the leeches are not real, but they, it looked very fucking real. They look very, they real. very real. And I'm like, th- did they actually use real leeches? I mean, I mean I I it's got...
0: possible in the 80s they were believed to be, fa- like, even though they're parasites, to be fairly therapeutic. Kind of like bloodletting so was the maybe, thing for a moment, too. right? But like so either way, like, it looks for realism,
1: like, it got to be real. Exactly. When he pulls that out of
0: it, when he pulls that out of his fucking whitey tidies, it looks like a real. And also,
1: it really was on his wiener. Yeah, one hundred. Really, he's totally method and <laughs> yeah,
0: Somebody uh, asked Will Wheaton how traumatized he was. But... Uh, um, yeah, but then uh, so they're at the back Harlow Road, um, uh, and they're all looking for the body. Vern finds it. Um, and then this was another one of my fine-tooth comb very nitpicky things. They didn't even have to show the whole body, but they do Ray Brower is supposed to be 12 years old and the guy who's the body is very clearly 30 at least. He's definitely not 12. He's definitely yeah, not 12. Sure. That is definitely not uh, a child.
1: Th- okay, um, if we we're, were a nitpicky thing, why does Teddy know? What the back Harlow Road is. Because he's like, hey, is this the back Harlow Road? And he's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's
0: referenced earlier uh, at the very beginning when step. Vern says that the body's off the back Harlow Road. Teddy says, oh, I know the back Harlow uh, Road. That, 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 it, yeah. it ends at the train tracks. Me and my dad used to go fishing out there. That's right. That's, so that's yeah. why. Okay. Um, the next scene that has what we would jokingly say is the best line in the movie, and then what <laughs> I think is the actual best yeah. line in the movie. So. In this scene, there's a lot of casual use of the F word, and I don't mean fuck. Um, but. Me, uh, no, I don't mean that either. <laughs> I mean the real F word, yeah. the real bad one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And totally. uh, so, but then uh, Ace is threatening them, you know, that, that the body's going with them. No, either way, you either step aside or we're going to rough you up. And he pulls out a knife because Chris says they aren't going to go anywhere. And then Gordy fires the gun, um, and uh, the line that we would jokingly say is the best one in the movie. Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. It's Uh, it's so good, good. but what I think is actually the best exchange of dialogue in this entire movie happens just after that. And it's so fucking impactful, especially for the moment. Ace, what are you going to do? Kill us all? No, Ace, just you. Just you. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good.
1: Yeah. No, and that's when Ace... Takes him seriously enough. Yep. He's, he, you know, yep. he's had enough shit. Yep. No, he, he gets he's it. Gonna he's gonna like, it. holy shit. Uh, and no, that's, yeah, that's, that's always when I think of Stand By Me, that's exactly the line that I yeah. think of. And I feel like it, it skirts the perfect balance of like it's purely comedic. And, that, you know, just like with the well, Especially seen, because
0: like uh, uh, Chris points it out like after Ace leaves, he's like, suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Who's been out there giving you the idea that you've got a fat one, right, yeah. fattest Who's one talking- in four
1: counties? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like that keeps with the theme of it, like with the junkyard scene where it's like the chopper stick balls thing, but then it also is the exchange with the clerk or whatever about like mm-hmm. it's it's very like it's totally comedic and then it's and then it's like dead serious like yeah. the next the next minute and uh, yeah no that is uh, yeah I mean it is good when you can see Ace putting it together that he's, kind he, that of he's actually into, yeah, that he's yeah. gonna yeah. do it yeah. And so, now that we won't forget this chance.
0: But then, of course, we never even hear from about anything that happened with what Ace. I, or was anyone just, past that.
1: I was just, I was so. wondering, yeah. Um,
0: and, and then, of course, uh, the last line in the movie, which is probably, I honestly think that "No Ace, just you" is the best. But I never had friends like I did when I was twelve. Jesus, does anyone?
1: Although I guess I didn't remember that he doesn't actually say the line; he types it. He types it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't even. I yep. guess I didn't remember that. But. Um, Okay. You, okay. You know what I think is funny is that uh, he, you know, the the original the fifties story, you know, it does. Speaking of abrupt, it's a very abrupt ending. But I do like it though. I think it works um, because this ties in with the the wealthy in school, and and, and it's just yeah. like that. That's the end, and like that's. But, so I feel like and, and while that's the end. But the the voiceover
0: and that's the what other thing I mean. Give us, yeah, give us so much more context in yeah. like barely a minute that it doesn't feel like a short abrupt. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. and that's exactly my point. Is that without that framing device, it it would feel very abrupt. I still feel like it would be it would be good because that's kind of the idea. It's like this is it, because all of a sudden when they see the body, it's like. It's over. Like the fun time, it's it's over. They look at it, and it's the the vibe totally changes. There's no mm-hmm. like a, a fun adventure, and they don't show anything on the way back. Like they said, they barely talk on the way yeah. back. So the whole thing totally changes. But I'm mean, like, if you were just watching the '50s part, which I guess you could. I mean, I guess you could just have that movie, um, but it wouldn't be as good of a movie. To, you know, and it's funny because a couple episodes ago, you were talking about you weren't a fan of voiceover, or whatever. But I feel like this, this is This is part... a
0: completely different use No, it use totally, of voiceover. It totally
1: yeah. is. And, and I feel like it, what, it pushes it beyond a good movie into a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because especially this is where you get a lot of, not just the, a dialogue of the kids, but the dialogue as an adult, like the Stephen King's words, you know, really... Uh, uh, oh, you know what? I wanted to mention, there was, this, there was a scene where he sees the deer in the morning or whatever... -hmm. You know, and he says uh, he thought
0: about telling them,
1: and he says, but I can't remember exact line. The one thing I kept to myself, I haven't written or spoken of it until now. And it's like it's one thing where it does not need to be in the story at all. It doesn't, you know. But like the the way that he writes about it is it's just like a very beautiful thing. And it's like, does it need to be there? No, it doesn't add anything to the story really. Of just, but it's just he. Okay, that's what I wanted to say. He sort of mythologizes like his life mm-hmm. kind of in like, like this becomes a, like a, like other people are going to be like, w- what's who cares? You know? And, and that's the line that I was thinking it's, I guess I was thinking it was in the movie and it's not, but from the novella this is my favorite line. It's maybe my favorite line from Stephen King. And I don't remember the exact one, but it's, it's hard to make people care about the good things in your life. And I feel like, Oh and I feel like that's so true and I feel like it's it's one of the ugly things as a human being where you know even people you know sometimes will tell you about the good things but you're thinking about how good things aren't happening to you or you th- you know and, and I feel like that's such it's,
0: a it's an almost selfish thing that we do like not even on purpose but like when people are telling you about the good things going on with them, like if there aren't good things going on with you, it's hard to at least internally not be like, "Oh, good for you, you piece right. of shit." I know. You. Go eat dicks.
1: And I, <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it's so it's so true. It's hard to even probably even sometimes with your partner or your your kid. You know, it's just it really is. It's just, it's probably my favorite line. Uh, tied with one from It. But I- anyway, I, I guess it's not in the movie, but it's, it's. I don't know, I love it. Um, and I feel like that's... I never had any friends... like. Yeah. Well, that is a good one, too. That's yeah. a fantastic yes, line. Yes, it is. And I, this is something that I'll probably want to talk about in the, the other uh, more book club thing. Do I feel like it's a beautiful line? Do I think it's true for me? I don't know. I was thinking I about that, too,
0: when watching it, and I would say my band of, you know... Would to an extent probably be the 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 pastels, you know? Like I would say, like right. when I had a really good group of friends, it was when I was like sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. Those last couple years of high yeah,
1: school. Yeah, it was so. it was later for me, and I I have one friend from age twelve that I you know, and he lives nowhere near me, and I talk to him once every five years, and so. It's, you know, I don't really have any of the But I guess he doesn't really either, I guess. He doesn't have those friends in his life anymore. He's just remembering them as as fantastic. Yeah. So, anyway, which I guess correlates maybe with the, uh, you know, maybe misremembering things or embellishing things a bit, maybe. But it's a fantastic line, regardless. Yes, Yes, it is. So, that's... (laughs) All that I have. I've got, uh,
0: of course, you know, last episode of the season. Yeah. Got to touch on some pop culture things. Uh, Stand By Me, just like, you know, The Shining is very influential on a lot of things. Um, There's a lot of different television shows, music. uh, uh, John Singleton has even said Boys in the Hood is very heavily... Uh, influenced mm, by stand by me, uh, which upon a rewatch, I imagine I could see a lot of connections like it 's been a while since i 've watched it, so I can ima- I can think of some connections, but it yeah. would be interesting upon a rewatch but the most one, and this will be the first of three times I will reference this episode. This is the season seven of family Guy episode three Kings uh, in this episode it 's like an anthology episode they feature three different Stephen King stories uh, or as uh, Peter refers to him, and of course, you know, it's, it's in New England, so it would make sense that Stephen King be right. featured, but uh, Peter refers to him as the greatest author of the last thousand years. So uh, they have, What they do in this episode is basically a shot-for-shot, shot, uh, but faster, redo of the movie. There are, of course, different things that aren't as important cut out, and they add a whole bunch of different Family Guy-esque jokes to it. Uh, to start, one of the only really weird change is they have it be in 1955, where I believe the movie is in 1959. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. But so, um, uh, and then there's a, a a subset at the very beginning of pretty funny Family Guy-esque jokes where um, he's in- introducing all the characters, and uh, of course Richard Dreyfuss. Uh, Peter is the Will Wheaton character, and Richard Dreyfuss is still the narrator. Uh, but then as they introduce uh, Teddy Duchamp which in it is Joey Duchamp. It's Joe, uh, uh, whose older self is narrated by uh, Roy Scheider. Wow. Uh, So the joke is the Jaws connection, but it's the after the Jaws connection, which makes it funny, because Roy Scheider's uh, voiceover says, Hey, Richard, we need to get together for a drink. And Richard is like, yeah, I'll have my guys call you. And Roy's like, don't fucking do that. You will not. <laughs> Just tell me you don't... Be a man and tell me you don't want to get a drink. <laughs> that's um, so that's pretty funny. Um, uh, uh, the little jokes, like when they're walking to go find the body and they do the Paladin theme song, uh, Peter changes it and they start singing the Growing Pains theme song.
1: Uh,
0: so that's pretty that's funny. Fun. Uh, the ju- When they're in the junkyard scene, Stewie is the junkyard owner and Brian is the... Uh, Uh, dog is the chopper character. Um, Like, during all the montage walking scenes when they're playing, like, 50s songs in the movie, they, of course, have to make a joke about this. And they're like, next on the radio, we have Little Richard with piano riff woo. (laughs) And it's just a piano chord and then woo. Uh, So that's always a funny joke to me. They do the train scene. um, And, of course, they have to turn it into a joke because Joe's been walking this whole time about that's how he gets handicapped. The character Joe is handicapped. So you hear train! And the train runs over Joe's legs. And then as as he's laying there riling in pain uh, Peter then screams another train! And his legs get run over again. (laughs) To which then they're at a different scene and uh, Joe's just like, thanks for going back to the junkyard to get me a wheelchair. Um, And then when they get to uh, uh, the body, the body is just Meg. Because of course it is. um so then they do the outro scene which is probably the best part of this episode and he starts describing each character and as he describes the characters as they're you know leaving and how they go on with their life he describes them but as the actor who played the character in the movie so like he's like uh uh who is it Cleve cleave instead of Vern. It's Cleveland, and he's like, yeah, Cleve would go on to marry Rebecca Romaine, that, and that's fucking true, man. Look it up. The fat kid from Standby, Me married Rebecca Romaine. Yep, yep. Uh, that's so that's pretty funny bit. He mentions uh, things about Corey Feldman being a crazy person, and then no shade to joaquin phoenix but probably the best line in it is uh, when he's describing river phoenix his character who is uh, quagmire quag chambers said so quag would quag would eventually die of a designer drug overdose outside of johnny depp's viper room and now all we're left is all we're left with is a hair lip reminder of what could have been and then a picture of joaquin phoenix pops up on the screen uh, fantastic! No yeah. notes. Very well done. If you haven't seen it, it's in season seven. It's on Netflix. Go back and watch it. Um, that's the biggest one. There, are, of course, uh, more recently in an episode of Rick and Morty, uh, when they're on the Citadel, I believe. Um, there's a pack of Mortys that are definitely based off of uh, the based off of the characters in Stand By Me. One has glasses. Uh, one they refer to as that later on in the episode is fat Morty. And then he's like, Oh, I thought I was left-handed Morty. And to which one of the other Mortys makes the joke. Well, if you think that maybe you should use your left hand to eat some more vegetables. Uh, yeah. Stand by me. Very. Uh, it's, it's, it's because of how good it is that it has so much of an impact on a lot of different things. But uh, yeah, stand by me in pop culture.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I feel like most, uh, or like, I would feel like seventy five percent of the coming of age movies that have come since, since then, then, have then have to be at least
0: some influence,
1: or like sure. it, it been influenced by like an homage to it, or influenced by something that was like a secondary influence. Yep. So, you know, I just yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a good one. Um, it's it's a great one, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of did the same thing, looking for something I didn't like, and honestly, I you know, except for the whole fantasy nature of John Cusack. Uh, which I don't, I don't, think that really brings it down. But um, yeah,
0: like and like I said, the only thing I can really nitpick on is changing the set to yeah. not change the set. It is like it, is it didn't need to be Oregon, and since you changed it to Oregon, you probably should have changed those two other things that are direct correlations to Maine. Mm-hmm. But otherwise. Uh, Without a doubt, this is the best movie we've watched so far, and I wouldn't be entirely surprised if outside of Shawshank, it's the it's best movie we watch. watched, period. Yeah, so, there's a good chance. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to end the first season. Uh, we've, we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff in between when we do the next season. Next season will probably start sometime next year. Yeah. We've got a couple different things that we're going to do in between, just you know, uh, so you're not missing us too much. Uh, like Johnny already mentioned, we're going to kind of do a, what we'll call behind the scenes. Where we're going to take a couple of the different pieces, uh, definitely Stand By Me, probably The Shining, maybe a few others, but a couple of the... Uh, Stories, movies that we've uh, reviewed here, and kind of just go more in depth into conversations about the themes and just get a little bit more serious about it and be on the lookout for some some guests on those. Probably mostly just people from our lives, but if anybody famous out there is listening
1: and they want to be on it, exactly. even let us know. Quasi, uh, famous, even quasi. For sure. Yeah. And you probably will have something shortly, a special thing that's not on Stephen King um i'm just gonna leave it there probably that will happen uh and then also some point the the reflection on whatever you want to call it the reflection on season one talking about maybe which ones we wow which one we like second best maybe (laughs) yeah yeah uh you know so anyway yeah look for that stuff but for now that is season one and it's been it's been it's been a good time
0: yeah thank you so much if you've been listening to us the whole time uh Please continue to do so. We've been uh, recording some stuff that I'm working on editing and we will drop on YouTube soon. Uh, give us a, a, a like and a subscribe over there. But right. uh, again, this has been so far for Season 1 a very fun journey. Uh, a lot of train wrecks and then ending with quite possibly one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. So, uh, just jarring. Yeah. And
1: yeah, shout out to our seven average listeners and my, my dad.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Which the seven average listeners, uh, the I father of the podcast the mother. and mother of the podcast.
1: I uh, so I guess maybe more yeah. like five. But yeah. I would yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah. so,
0: uh, we're going to come back at it. Uh, but yeah, thank you once again for, uh, just t- being a part of this journey with us.
1: That's right. Thanks for listening, Seattle. All right. And for now, that's yeah. us signing Exactly. Off. All right.